Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Nate. And I am Mike. What are we smoking today, Nate? All right, this is one I have trouble pronouncing, but uh, you've been warned. It's a Macanudo Inspirado, and it's the red label version. Uh, I believe there's a black label version as well. Yes, there is. But this is the red label version. It's a box press. It is uh, less girthy than the uh, Rocky Patel 1990 that we smoked previous episode, and it's a little shorter. I'd say, what, it's probably about six inches? Uh, it is a Robusto, a traditional Robusto size. Yes, should be five inches. Okay. But there it actually is. could be four and a half, could be five and a half. It's kind of like a two by four. Is it really two by four? No. No. But it's close. No, it's not. <laughs> it, it is originally before they shave them, so there's the well, yeah, lumber. Yeah. You got to finish it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can get unfinished two by fours that truly are two by four. Well, this one lit really easy, uh, which I'm excited about. This one lit very easy. Yeah, very easy. Um, uh, which is uh, not a bad thing. Oh, not no, a bad not thing a bad at thing at all. It's, uh, you know, and it's a smaller size than what we normally or usually smoke. Uh, not by much, but just by a little bit. So that could be it, or it just could be, I don't know, a little drier. Not not overly dry, of course, but um, right, you know, less it's, it's oily, the, less oily, maybe. Yes, potentially. Mine lit a little unevenly. Oh, mine lit uh, for for once. Mine lit like really even. Uh, a lot of no, times, mine, I have kind of like a uneven. uneven. Uh, it tastes. Uh, I'm trying to place it. I don't know if it's it's. I don't think it's quite oaky. It's. Um, Something a little different, like a little lighter than like an oak taste. It's uh, it's a medium-bodied cigar. Yeah. And it's not overpowering by any means. No, it's got a distinct taste, though, um, I think. Just it's initially, good. the first couple of puffs. I enjoy the taste. I'm just, I'm not like a, like a wine uh, connoisseur or anything, so I, don't, I couldn't tell you like, oh, yeah, that's uh, whatever. I can't even think of anything that you would taste, but... Uh, it is a little distinctive of a taste. It's a, it's a lighter taste. Uh, like Mike was saying, it's not uh, not really dark or anything. It's, it's 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 quite enjoyable so far, you know, two or three puffs in. Do you know my uh, favorite joke that I've been telling people recently? Mm. And by people, I mean mostly women. And I, I think I... Oh, I told this when, when I was with you and Sarah. Okay. But I'll, but I'll go and I'll look at them very seriously and I'll say, hey... Do you know mansplaining is short for man explaining? <laughs> and I've been getting some really good reactions from that. Um, really good. So I was just thinking about that as I'm here trying to like bumble my way through like what this cigar tastes like and I'm coming up short and have no fucking idea. Um, so sorry, listener, but suffice it to say, I like this so far. It is good. I like the box press too. I, I'm a sucker yeah, yeah. For, for some reason. Um, and I keep talking about the hex press, and by God, we're going to do it. On the on season one of our show, we're going to do this hex press. Um, Which means before winter. But not tonight. <laughs> yeah, before winter. Before winter. <laughs> we were talking about that uh, pre-episode is, you know, uh, there's going to come a time here in Minnesota where Nate will not be sitting outside freezing his ass off trying to smoke a cigar. Uh, because we get below zero quite frequently. Yeah. I set my shop up to where I have a uh, ashtray and stuff out there, and I'll smoke a cigar outside. Oh, nice. In the extreme cold. But in the you know in the shop, it doesn't get as cold as it is Well, yeah, outside. and I've got to do some work in my garage, and I was just telling Mike, I don't think that's going to get done before the snow flies, um, because then I, could, then I could go out there and smoke a cigar, uh, and we could, and we could continue, continue the podcast. Um over winter, and I think we'll be able to we'll be able to do it. We'll pre-record a lot of stuff, and uh, I can always go visit Mike because he's got a heated patio we can smoke on. Yes, the do-all room. Yes. Uh, so speaking about doing it all, Mike and I consumed a lot of media recently. Uh, Mike even got to meet one of one of my best friends. Yes. Um, the one that I typically watch shitty movies with. And uh, so 
there's quite a few bits of media that Mike and I have consumed. I will tell everyone what those media's media mediums media objects were, and then Mike will get to choose which we talk about first. So, oh, geez. outside of outside of uh, anything we talked about on the podcast here, uh, Mike and myself decided to reread Animal Farm, and it comes in at a whopping like ninety pages. So it takes about an hour to read uh, the whole thing. So we both have reread Animal Farm. Uh, we talked about on the on the podcast. We talked about watching the new Predator movie, which is called Prey. And uh, so after uh, Mike and myself smoked some cigars at his place, we recorded an episode. Then we stopped the recording, and what did we do? Tequila cigar. And it's just as yes, great as did. it was the ever fir- the, the first one we ever did. And then we went over to my buddy Luke's house. And uh, he doesn't listen to this podcast, but shout out to Luke. Uh, but he's the guy that I always watch shitty movies with. We watch a lot of like really great movies too, but usually they're more independent, uh, less, less known by popular society. Uh, we watch Prey. And then we followed it up with Sharks of the Corn, the cinematic masterpiece, which Mike... I believe said he liked better than prey. Yes, I did. And uh, and then we watched some uh, Lamageddon. Oh, uh, we watched a little bit of Lamageddon. Yep, a little bit. Just, Not a lot. A little bit, and then uh, and then we watched uh, the Oat Studios, which is the uh, I'm, I'm struggling with the name right now, but he did District Nine and Elysium. Uh, but we watched uh, the first intro episode to his little like. How was it? Hulu or some exclusive Netflix. studio thing? Oh, was Netflix. it really? It was, it was one Netflix. of those. I think I didn't watch the whole thing. I left. Uh, yeah, yeah. You had to leave. Um, I watched part of it. I watched the intro and it was interesting. Very great. Yeah, and it stars Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil Blokamp. That's the guy. All right. So, Mike, do you want to talk about Prey, Sharks of the Corn, or Animal Farm first? Uh... We should do Animal Farm last because that's the most serious one. Yes, uh, and that's uh, serious. You know, almost depressing to read it now as an adult. I yeah, read it, and, uh, and I read it way back when, when I was a junior in high school. I think that was the last <laughs> time I read it too, sometime in yeah. high school. Um, and I used to have a copy, and uh, and I didn't, so I had to go buy one. I had to. I was forced. I was forced to go buy a book. Um, if you haven't been forced to buy a book recently. Go buy one. Don't care what it is. Just go buy one. Uh, preferably I buy not. Books. I had to buy several books uh, yeah. last weekend. Preferably not from oh. Barnes and Noble. Go to like your local yeah. bookseller if you have yes. one. Most of you buy. will. Most of you will. Um, but so so we'll talk about Animal Farm uh, last, and I think we should probably go with the cinematic masterpiece that is Sharks of the Corn first. Then we'll go into Prey, and then oh, we'll Lord. do Animal Farm. So. Yes. Uh, uh, and you know, Mike not being a film person, by and large, like you've you've no. seen film, you've seen you've seen TV, you've seen modern cinema, you you, you know what's up with that, as, no. as most casual uh, viewers do. Um, I, I found uh, this is a total aside to the content, but I did find uh, the running commentary by two people who went to film school to be very <laughs> interesting and informative. Yes. Uh, so my buddy Luke and I both went to film school. Uh, I have a film degree and have a couple web series and short films under my belt, uh, and they're out there. Uh, this is not really like a cross-promotional, self-promoting kind of thing, but it is Mike and my podcast, so we can talk about what we want. Absolutely. Uh, but that's kind of like Luke and my thing is when we're watching like a shitty movie or if we're watching a movie that everybody thinks is good, like we even had running commentary, and you and you chimed in, and you had really good points in Prey, and we'll get to that when we talk about Prey. But if it's a, even if it's a good, like supposed to be like a multi-million-dollar blockbuster, and it's it's like shitty because the the script or the angles or whatever, like we'll talk about it. Like we'll be like, oh my god, like what's this? What's going on? Um, but that's kind of our thing. Is like you get a couple drinks in, you you throw on a shitty movie after you watch what should be the be- the better movie. And then you just kind of trash it. You know, uh, a lot of people do this, you know, cinema sins or Mr. Science theater. Uh, they do the similar thing. We're not trying to emulate them. It's just, we're two film school guys that what, like that we really enjoy watching movies because um, they're fun. And you've got, uh, before we get too much into Mike's thoughts, 
uh, let's just preface this with there are multiple different types of shitty movies. So there's a shitty movie that is trying way too hard and they're taking themselves way too seriously. So it's not really enjoyable, but you can kind of like laugh at them, right? So you could be like laughing at them. Uh, not not to diminish their effort that they put into it, but if you take it too seriously, you're not really creating entertainment. You're not really creating, you know, a movie that's going to resonate because you're trying too hard. Uh, there's a shitty movie that understands that they're a shitty movie and they're just doing it for fun. And those ones you can really enjoy because like they'll kind of they'll try and throw you for a loop knowing that you're a shitty movie watcher, but they know they're making a shitty movie. So they're going to go and have fun with it and they're going to take it like places you never even thought it could go. Uh, and those are really fun. And then there's, um, I don't know, there's kind of like shitty movies where it's like it's like a shoestring budget, but they really came together on the story and making their circumstances work. And so it's not really a shitty movie, but it's like a less mainstream movie. So there's, there's a wide gamut there. Uh, so I'm not telling you to go out and watch like all the shitty movies out there, but they can be enjoyable if you know, if you kind of just expect going into it. Sure. I, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is uh, Idiocracy. And I would consider yeah. that to be a shitty movie. And it's not for everybody. It's um, not for everybody. Hates it. Hates it. She thinks it's trash. And I love it. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. <laughs> and it is trash, but I too it's think it's wonderful. Trash. And uh, <laughs> it was a couple of years ago, the creators of that came out and said, guys, guys, this was not meant to be a roadmap for where our country is going. Right. Um, <laughs> so. So I don't know how much warning we gave you, Mike, about Sharks of the Corn. Uh, I mean, the name said it all. That's. <laughs> I did not know that it was going to be about, but I can yes. gather from the title. <laughs> it was going to be, you know, yeah. terrible. And I like the opening. The opening was, uh, was great. Uh, you know, you, you can't go wrong with uh, the first 10 minutes. It's like bad dialogue, drinking, uh, kiss, <laughs> and then blood. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. And that's like great. A, and like a plastic shark going through the cornfield. And that was uh, hilarious. Oh, and you my God. you could see the guys holding the plastic. Well, of course you could. Yeah. I mean, they're not. Yeah. So uh, it was great. Uh, yeah. Very so it, entertaining to watch. It, it opens on a couple, I guess. Or I bet in like a one night stand thing. I don't know. But they're like sitting they were, in the cornfield. No, they, they were coming home or they were after a county fair. They oh. were drinking in, on the well, edge of a cornfield. He was and, drinking because he had like the whole glass bottle, like the 1.75 of vodka or something. Uh, I, I mean, it was, uh, what the hell was it? It was New Amsterdam vodka. Yeah. So that was you the whole tell. film budget. That's that what was, they that's what they paid for. Was they the didn't bottle. even take the label off. <laughs> no, but they always kept it away from the camera, so you couldn't yeah, yeah. for sure, for tell. sure, no. Well, yeah. I could tell what it was because yes. I used to drink New Amsterdam vodka when I was in college. But uh, I don't think that man ever left the field. He always was there with that bottle. Like, I don't think yeah. I don't think he ever left. He did not field. leave. That was part of the story. He uh, sat down on a... Uh, oh, God. Fuck, uh, I forgot uh, that. Like a, like, a, like a scarecrow guy that had a penis made out of a zucchini for some reason. No, it was a corn. It was a corn cob. Was it a corn cob? Oh, it yeah. was a corn cob. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was sharks and, of the corn, not sharks of the zucchini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was underneath a real-life deer hunting stand in the middle of a field. Yes. So they but obviously didn't, went You didn't to see a, the deer stand until like five cuts later. And then we right. were all like, should, that, that should have been in the establishing shot. Like, you should have told us <laughs> that stand was there before, but they didn't, you know. Right. Yeah, they were playing... Uh, strip right around the field or one of my favorite games yeah some it was like literally strip 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 in the field or something yeah and And, uh, of course this woman who uh was you guys described her as she's a single mom with three kids (laughs) 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 you know it is a very average looking rural ish appearing white woman attractive enough yeah yeah it's all good yeah, it was it was very entertaining. Uh, got murdered to death by yeah. a uh, shark. The shark. sharks only randomly showed up. It wasn't really like 
a constant threat. But every once in a while, a shark would show up and kill somebody. Right. Yeah. And the story went on to be like the serial killer Uber wanted who was obsessed with sharks. And yeah, there was, was some, in, oh, yeah. And he had a weird like uh, shark fetish. And like yes. the cops went to question him and he was like watching like the Nature Channel shark show. Mm-hmm. And he was dealing with prostitutes and drug dealers. and Yeah, and he'd ask him, like, do you want me to bite you or something like that? He was yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Fucking it, was, it was great. And they obviously they got permission from this uh, clearly a rural motel. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was like they clearly they shot it all in like rural wherever the fuck. Yeah. Uh, Idaho. No, was that the movie that had Idaho plates or was it Lamageddon? Because one of them had a lot had, well, had uh, so Idaho both, plates and the other one had uh, Ohio plates or something. So the yeah. only reason we found out about Sharks of the Corn was because it's made by the same group of people that did Lamageddon. And we oh, watched Lamageddon okay. and I was looking up to see if they'd done anything else. And sure enough, Sharks of the Corn was their next movie. Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, but it's not, uh, you know, getting permission to shoot in a hotel is really easy because I got permission in your hometown to shoot in a hotel there for one of my films. Oh, okay. oh there we go. Um, so usually the smaller towns, the hotel is just happy to have somebody there. Yeah. Uh, even yeah, if you're not paying, like they don't care. Like, Hey, right. yeah, we got an open room. Go film. Yeah. No problem. So but anyway, and then there was like a magical crystal skull. It's some aliens involved and you know, some sci-fi shit and you know, incompetent police. Uh, yeah, there are some really yeah. weird like police scenes. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Uh, I don't know how the police wronged these filmmakers, but uh, they sure yeah. did somewhere. In and a lives. special special forces guy that clearly had no makeup on, like at all. At <laughs> or special or special or special forces training. No, no, he had razor bumps <laughs> like from shaving his head. Like you could see, yeah. they he were shaved like, his head for the like, movie. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, <laughs> hey, bro, uh, we want you to be bald for this. That'd be so badass." And he's like, "Oh, I've never done that before, but sure." Yep, yep, that's exactly it. And, uh, you know, first time he ever had the skinhead look. Yep. And uh, all, like, their oh, personal man. cars. You and can see were, it was their yeah. personal cars. And then there was that overweight <laughs> guy that was, like, repeating everything the the other guy would say, like the bad guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, and it was, like, a bad, like, mafiosos who had but terrible... But not really, because they were so, <laughs> like, they were, like, the com- comedic relief. Almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's tough to say because you have a plastic shark being held by like the guy off camera going through the the cornfield. So it's tough to say like the mafiosos were the comedic relief, but they kind of actually were. Yeah, and they were trying to act tough, and it was like clearly the, yeah. some dad uncle of a friend or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were like just guys. <laughs> but the point of the matter is, uh, as shitty as the movie was. They were just having fun, and it was fun to watch. And uh, anytime you can watch a shitty movie, and they're going to, like, you know, I mean, this is going to sound a little crass to say, but you don't watch shitty movies really for the storyline. You watch it for, like, the really goofy stuff and for tits. So they, they definitely delivered on both. Yes, and they had tits and blood. Uh, yes. And they were, you know, like, normal titties, and uh, I'm a big fan of that. So... Uh, well, to harken note. back to our free the nipple uh, episode, <laughs> uh, Mike's just a fan of nipples, so yeah, doesn't, pretty much doesn't just matter. Nipple. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were just like, like I say, it's always good to see not like the weird, mo- oh yeah, like the fake, scientific yeah, the project. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Where they actually use the uh, what is it, the calculus or whatever? You can calculate the area under the curve. Like we don't need. Yeah, the Fibonacci sequence or something. Yeah, um, yeah. it's uh, but it was very entertaining. Just just light popcorny, and they 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 fought the alien skull and like this weird shrine and some guys <laughs> yeah like uh, um, mezzanine style barn that had like a dirt floor. Yeah, like a tractor shed. And they had like the a edge gun. They had a, exactly. they had a gunfight there too. I thought or they something. did. Yeah. yeah, they did. They had a <laughs> they the had fuck? a shootout. Yep. And uh, very with like random assortment of pistols that and yeah. guns that they, I'm sure that they just all owned, you know. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I like that sort of thing. Oh yeah, it's, it was it was very great. entertaining. 
you don't yes. have to take it too seriously. And if the if you, and if you can tell the filmmakers and the cast and crew and everything if they're enjoying it and just having fun, like it's just fun. Like, right. yeah, does it make sense that there's great white sharks swimming kind of around this cornfield? Absolutely not. Um, but it doesn't matter. Like they're having fun. They wanted to tell the story for whatever reason, and it's fun. Um, so that kind of was. I mean, I don't know if it was like the the biggest highlight because I really liked the Neil Blowcamp uh, Oat Studio episode, but uh, it was definitely one of the one of the bigger up up points of the of the evening. I, I thought it was. I thought it was very very good. To start the evening, we started with the what you would call like the the main movie or the the major Hollywood production movie, which was Prey. And this is, I don't want to say the 15th, but uh, you have Predator, Predator 1, or no, Predator, Predator 2. And then there was, I think, uh, well, you had the Alien vs. Predator. There was two Alien vs. Predator movies. And then there was like Predator, Predators, and then The Predator. And I'm not sure what order they came out in, uh, but the, the most recent one, was uh, I didn't like it. My buddy Luke really liked it, but they did the uh, get to the choppers and it was a parking lot full of like motorcycles. So it was really kind of lame tie-in. And did that they, have Arnold in it, that one? Because get to the choppers, the Arnold line. Yeah, but it, it didn't have Arnold. Oh, well, that's lame. It was a super lame movie. And then there was like a, they introduced like a predator dog that for whatever reason looked just like the predators, but it was a dog. And then one of the characters shot it in the head, but it lived, but it was retarded then. And that's not meant to be offensive uh, other than the fact that, that the fact that they made this, put this in the script and said, we're going to make the dog retarded so that it's now friends with the humans, but we're going to keep this dog and it's very clearly going to be retarded. Like that's the diss. Like, I don't know how that cleared uh, the writing room. Right. Right. Like just, just kill the dog. Or make it friendly to humans, but don't like shoot it in the head to lobotomize it and then make it friendly and have it be like the comedic relief because you don't, it's a, it's a predator film. You don't need comedic relief. Uh, but so now prey takes place in, I, I believe it was 1719. Yes. Something like that. I believe. And, uh, they, they actually put the date on, which I was really happy about. They did. Yeah. Because it had the Comanches and they were in uh, uh, the Rocky Mountain type area. Uh, which would have been fairly accurate, to my understanding. More accurate than having them on the Western Plains. Yeah. Uh, which the Comanche didn't move in uh, to until much later uh, due to westward expansion. Yes. Uh, which I, I believe I made a comment about at the time. Uh, yeah. And uh, so basically uh, the, uh, and this is, you know, if you haven't seen Prey and you really want to and you don't want spoilers, um, just don't don't turn us off, but pause us. And then go watch the movie, and then come back and hit play again. Um, sure, but, it, but the, like, the spoiler is going to be uh, that it's not good. But anyway, <laughs> well, so here's here's what I would say. Here's what I would say, Mike. Is of all, and I've seen every Predator movie, right? And you, uh, did you mention that uh, your friend Luke had like a miniature library of Predator novels? That he and alien novels. And so I have read the predator novels that he recommended to me and the alien novels that he recommended to me. And they were fantastic. And they give a lot of backstory uh, to how the predators behave in the movies even. So there's a whole lot of predator lore that's out there that actually works well with the movies. And the same was true of like the star Wars universe until Disney bought them and, and decided to like retroactively like cancel all of those other star Wars novels. But um, we're not talking about Star Wars in this in this episode, Um, but the Predators and even if you watch, you know, the original two, right, they're very honorable. They're formidable foes and they get off on hunting, but they're not about cheap tricks to win. Right. They want a fair fight. They want a fair fight. And uh, my, uh, you know, one of my I have a few like complaints about the flick. But I will say that Prey is my third favorite Predator movie behind the original Predator and Predator 2. So it's at least like it's at least trending the series back into the good, good film realm. I have only ever seen Predator 1, Predator 2, 
and not prey. Okay. And so that would make sense if this was your least favorite predator. Yes. Because compared to those two, it's the lesser of the three. But yes. if you watched any of the other Predator stuff, I think there's five other movies. There's the two Alien vs. Predators and then, you know, three other Predator movies. I think you would be a lot more friendly towards this one. Um, I'll say the cinematography and the score, phenomenal. Like, really great. The cinematography um, was really good. Um, other than the yet, CGI. Oh, they had the worst CGI animals that I've it ever seen as in a, in a film. bad as sharks in the field. Not it wasn't literally as bad, but when you consider the no. budget, it was embarrassing. But they would have been better off with a uh, with like a stuffed grizzly bear, and having one of their cast or crew members like move it around just in front of the camera, and then crop out the hand holding it. Right, like that right. would have been better than trying to make this fucking CGI bear. Um, and so there's a scene when they kind of first. It's not when they first reveal the predator. Uh, which is one of my biggest, one of my bigger complaints, not the biggest complaint, but the bigger complaint is like right at the beginning, you see the predator get dropped off and you can see him from behind and then he cloaks. Right. And, uh, and then you see like his cloaked form throughout the first, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes. And when you first see him kind of like from the front, he's holding the bear over his head and the bear's blood is kind of like dripping down and revealing him which would have been a, an amazing shot had we not seen the Predator like five times previously. Like if that was the first reveal of the Predator, that's a great first reveal. But we've already seen him invisible. You know what I mean? Like you'd already seen him. Right. So they kind of took all the, all the pomp and circumstance out of their first, you know, quote unquote, reveal of the Predator. Yes. Yes, they did. Uh, it was really funny because... Uh, Mike, and this isn't meant as a, as an insult or anything. This is this isn't this isn't the point of this. But Mike is kind of a self-avowed like not film guy. I would say that I am not a film enthusiast, at least when it comes to your level of film enthusiasm, for sure. Well, yeah. So the first, yeah. I don't know, the first like hour, it, and the and the beauty of this movie is is like it's, it's an hour and forty minutes. Like it's not a long movie. Because um, oftentimes in mo- in modern movies they try and drag everything out like past the two hour mark and it's like, if oh, you it was have... it was tidy. It was it, it yeah. was well paced for if sure. If you don't have that much to say, don't make it a two and a half hour movie. Just make it the ninety minute movie that it needs to be. Um, but it's funny because like Luke and I were really kind of like we weren't like super getting into it because the cinematography was great. We had some we had more predator knowledge than Mike had, so we were kind of like bringing up some of that stuff. But then there was one scene and it was hilarious because it went on forever. And Mike's like, where the fuck is all this smoke coming from? And, uh, it was, it was funny. And, and even after you left, Luke was like, man, that was so amazing. When Mike was like, you know, getting into the ripping on the movie, like where the fuck is all this fog coming from and all this smoke, you know, cause there's a whole scene where it's supposed to be intense, but then it's like, suddenly you're, you're out on the plains or whatever. And then suddenly there's like fog everywhere. And you're like, where the fuck is all this fog coming from? Yep. Oh yeah, it's I don't. I and they had. Uh, I'm gonna rip on the movie now because the main it. baddies was not actually the predator. The main baddies were French traders who were beasts. Uh, caricatures. They were caricatures of evil French traders, uh, which is all nonsense. And it was like a party, a yeah. band of these French traders. Well, so here's the funny uh, thing about that is like the first time we saw the French traders, there was like five of them, but then they were like, "Where the okay, fuck did okay, all the rest of them come yeah, from?" Yeah, they they take care of the first five, and then suddenly there's like a hundred more French traders just randomly out of the wilderness. So, right. uh, by the way, the amount of Comanches versus the amount of French traders, the French traders could have wiped those Comanches off the face of the planet. Oh yeah. And somehow, magically, because they have guns, right? <laughs> yeah. They have modern, well, modern for 17, whatever. 1719, yeah. Yeah. They could have wiped them off the face of the planet, and the Predator is just mowing through these guys, like a Predator does with all this modern, crazy technology. Yeah. And then he has a difficulty fighting bows and arrows. Yeah. 
Uh, and there's a problem with that too. Like we didn't, we didn't, uh, Luke and I didn't like the predator design because instead of his like modern, uh, face helmet shield, he had like a bone one and his dreadlocks were like smooth and not kind of like rough. Like you've seen in every other predator movie. Um, and we were kind of saying like what he should have done when he landed and saw that he was going up against, you know, mostly bows and arrows and tomahawks. Is he should have like stripped off of his stripped off his weapons and just gone you know like fist to fist with them, or he should have fashioned his own bow, you know what I mean, and put it on equal ground. Um, and the ending was kind of super lame. Uh, didn't make any sense at all. But no. Also, the weapons that the Comanche were using were magic weapons that dug inches into timber, never chipped, never broke. And uh, we're just like, yeah, incredibly and, and, superior to what and we it can was, produce now in a factory. Yeah, and it was funny because uh, <laughs> because the the main um, protagonist, the Comanche woman, uh, Luke was like, "Oh my god, she's gonna put mud all over herself," and then she didn't because she had some magic Native American flower that she could eat, and it would do the same thing that the mud did. That's right, fine. Is, I didn't have I heard, as much of a problem with that. Yeah, it was just kind of like, honest. you know, it could have just been mud, but... Um, I, I real, didn't have as much of a problem with that. Yeah. But we're a little more versed in, like, the Predator lore, so I was... Right. You know, neither here nor there. Like, somebody who's not heavily invested into the Predator lore can watch this movie and say, hey, some things were good and some things made no sense and were kind of actually terrible. Um so the critics that are saying it's as good or better than the original one, I don't know what they're smoking, but it's not a cigar. Um, right. I, I had a bigger problem with how the animals acted. Yeah, the CGI uh, animals them, were absolute trash, like terrible. They were trash. They looked terrible, but they acted. You know, a mountain lion, they, the, the, the Comanche were hunting a mountain lion. And the mountain lion, instead of running away, which is what mountain lions do when they know that there's multiple people out there hunting for it, right? Yeah, they can't, somehow they magically can't count, started like, but they can tell. Yeah, well, they know that there's uh, other predators out there, and yes. they leave the scene, right? Modern or mountain lion attacks are on a individual basis, and you trap them. Yeah, they're largely. not attacking a group. Yeah, you can shoot them when they're trying to attack uh, animals, but they're very human-averse yeah. uh, creatures as a rule. Uh, and, and, of course, this animal just is, like, almost acted rabid. Well, it, it, rabid. it wanted to stand toe-to-toe and fight everything, which yeah, is just not it, going to happen. No, that is not a realistic uh, interpretation. Um, and... Uh, people say, "Oh, it's a fantasy." Blah blah blah. Like, the way it is, that but, fantasy but, works is yes. that everything is normal, and there's fantasy elements added to yeah. realistic you, situations. You, you everything can only, can't be bullshit. Yeah, you can you can only suspend your disbelief on certain things, right? And if you're a good filmmaker, you know where those areas are, and where you can take liberties, and where you need to not take liberties. Um, right. Really quick, I'm over halfway done with the cigar already. So I'm, I have like a quarter of it, uh, to be perfectly honest. Yes. I so I was gonna say, like, left. if we want to talk about Animal Farm, we better shift gears. Well, we could push Animal Farm to another episode too, or we could shift. It gears. depends. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't really matter to me either. I'm not gonna forget. Uh, no, no, no. Animal I mean, like, Farm, so sure. Animal Farm is not not a terribly long book. There's a lot to unpack. A lot to unpack. In and the book. Uh, let's go back to Prey, though. Okay. Uh, by well, the way, well, the cigar is good. It has it's not good, changed it's flavors. Nope. It is a one-note thing. Uh, uh, yeah, I would say... Oh, go probably, ahead, please. We probably got to... Uh, we got to come up with like some terms, right? Like One note. One it note. Is one note. It, it is a one note. And then the ones that we like that change change flavor, would we call those like complex cigars? Or would we it's call them complex, like multi-stage? Yeah. Multi-stage? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, um, the... Uh, the tobacconist that designed it uh, had a flavor change in mind. We yes. happen to prefer that. 
The yes. tobacconist that designed this wanted a one-note cigar that was going to be good. Because it's very good. It's good, I, yeah. It's I very like it. good. It's an uh, easy it's an easy smoke too. I mean it lit easy. It stayed lit. And uh I was I was actually honestly quite surprised, because uh, we're like, I don't know, thirty five minutes in and uh we've just been talking movies and I looked down and I'm like, Holy crap, like if we want to talk about something else, we don't have much time left. So we'll, no, we'll stay on prey and, and we'll do a big animal farm uh episode next. Yeah, we can do we can do Animal Farm later because it's been very quick. It's it's smoking fast. Yes, uh, Macanudo has a reputation for being a simple cigar for people uh, at like a golf course. Yes, uh, traditionally, and they are a major brand. They're kind of like Ashley or Cohiba, uh, where you can buy them everywhere, and it's good. It's very good. Yeah, Reasonably I like it. Good. Yes, um, if you're out on a on a course and you're going to hit a ball around. Definitely something that you would want to bring with you. Yeah, you probably need you three know. or four of them uh, to finish well, out 18 yeah. holes. But Yeah, I mean, you're going to have a couple sticks and a couple yeah. drinks, and it's good. Oh, yeah. It's a, I would highly recommend it for, not probably yeah. not for sitting down and bullshitting, because it's not very long. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I like it. Or if you wanted to do, like, what, uh, what we do watching films, you know, if you wanted to start with something short and quick. Just to get into the mood, right? And then bring out the big bad later. You know, you could do that. Yeah, that's a nice, it's a nice short smoke. Yeah, Not nice short smoke. It, you know it's what? Very this good, one, actually. It is. Very yeah, good. this one would be a good one. I don't know if it's a good like intro to cigars, cigar, but uh, you know, this one would be a good, good one for you to smoke or for you to give to a friend that wants to smoke too. I would agree. Yeah, when I say not bad at all, that's kind of a diss. It is actually very. Oh, good. Oh, it's really good but cigar. It's, yeah, it's 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 just well made and uh, smokes, not overly smokes interesting. Well. Just good. Yep, it's not overpacked or over oily or anything like that. So nope, not overpowering in my yep. opinion. It's a good stick. So anyway, back to prey. Back to prey. <laughs> um. It wasn't overwhelming with the women good, men bad trope because the other Comanche men were good. Uh, but she did only kill one thing in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. And it was the predator. She constantly hunted and failed. And to failed. Kill and, we, and we talked about this too during the movie. We were like, she has failed every single time she's tried to hunt or tried to find something or kill something. And I don't think it was overly like men bad woman good because white men like, bad like her brother right and so i don't remember if you were still there if you had gone but like luke and i were talking about we wanted more of the brother not sure. because not because we hate women characters we love women characters like alien and aliens are, are some of our favorite flicks and that's you've got all sorts of characters uh, you know, but the Ripley character is so well written and so well performed uh, by Sigourney Weaver. Um, and this one, I would say that, you know, the lead female overall felt very flat. And some of the most interesting parts were her interactions with her brother, because her brother was kind of on one hand, you know, if you have a brother or a sibling, you, you probably know, like on one hand, the brother was like, come on, sis, like, wh what are you doing? But then he would be very supportive of her throughout. So it was a very kind of nice, like, like his character was interesting in the fact that it was kind of like a like a normal sibling thing. And I felt like if we would have had more of that interaction, we could relate to her better. Not that not that women need a man to uh, justify themselves, but they had kind of set this up in the movie to where he was kind of a nice counterpoint to her kind of stubborn bullheadedness. Right. Which he was a badass male character who supported her. Yes. And her heterodoxy, which is a good place to start, but it never developed. Yeah. They didn't do anything that. else with it, you know, and instead they uh, decided to not write anymore with, with those two and then give, uh, I don't know, some middle schoolers uh, after effects and had them make a bear. Right. The bear that acted crazy. 
as well. I mean, all the animals well, acted yeah. crazy. And there was the like, wasn't crazy. There, there was, there was like, like a, a snake too that acted crazy. Like they were yeah. all like, they were all terrible. Um, and just, and not even from, so Mike's coming at it from like the animal standpoint of what, like how would an animal act? And I'm coming at it from a CGI angle where it's like, it's almost Scorpion King level bad CGI. Oh, yes. Like it's, 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 and, it's that CGI that will snap you right out of the film and you will say, that's a, Bad looking CGI bear, wolf, uh, mountain lion, snake, whatever it was, they were CGIing. It was all bad. Yes. And I didn't like that the guys, they were like out fishing and they had like the full war paint. On they always had the full war shit. paint. Every yeah. time in you armor, saw them, they were in everything. full war paint. It was crazy. And uh, it's like, that's insane. <clears throat> and she would wake up. Like she woke up one morning and she was in full war paint. And it's like, well, maybe just show us having her put it on like does she sleep in this i remember we talked about this too we we're like are they are they all sleeping in their war paint or how are they getting their war paint on so fast you know and normally and maybe it's a trope i don't know but you know normally you put the war paint on before the big fight at the end of the movie right you know you, you're not you don't go out hunting in war paint i don't think you don't, I don't know go out gathering berries in your war paint or hunting in your war paint. Yeah, that's it's yeah. insane. That's insane. Uh, and again, I know people, oh, it's a, it's a sci-fi fantasy. Mm, sci-fi well, it, fantasy works because it is a sci-fi crazy. fantasy. But that's where you can draw the line between like a decent, you know, and I would call this one decent. It's decent. It's better than the other uh, Predator movies because they were trying so hard to have callbacks um, to the earlier films. And you know what? This one did too. It had some callbacks, but they didn't feel overly forced, except for maybe the pistol at the end. Um, yeah. But they didn't feel overly forced. You know, I mean, the the brother said the same line, you know, like, if it bleeds, we can kill it. And that was from the first movie. But it kind of made sense, right? Like, it wasn't overly forced. They weren't trying to, to somehow bring in lumberjacks and say, let's get to the choppers and have the lumberjacks help us because they're chopping down trees. Get it? Ha, ha, ha. Um, right. You know, they weren't doing that kind of stuff. So I felt like it was a little more refined than the previous entries to the Predator franchise. Um, that, well, I can tell you that that 17-whatever uh, Comanche girl, 1700s-whatever Comanche girl had an incredible understanding of Predator technology. Yeah. Uh, by the end of the film. Uh, she had to to win, though. <laughs> she had to to win. <laughs> she had to rapidly learn modern yeah. technology. And you know what? Uh, and we were talking about this. And we were talking about this during it, during it too. And we and we were kind of saying, I think you brought this up, Mike, was would a 17, 19, uh, basically teenager, have any of these kind of modern inklings of, you know, fighting the patriarchy? Uh-huh. I don't, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there. And if any females back then had that, those feelings, I'm sure they were suppressed. Uh, but you have to understand with films, uh, just for anyone that's kind of like going to naysay on, on Mike, or, Mike or myself, is uh, films are a product of when they are made, almost first and foremost, and then secondarily a product of the era that they're setting them in. So... You know, you can draw analogies or connections to any modern film that you've seen or any film ever, and a lot of books too. Like even if they send them back, they still work in some of the modern stuff. So you can definitely tell just by watching, without even looking at you know the level of CGI or the film grain or whatever, and just by the story, you can tell kind of the era the film was made based on that. Right, and there are accounts of Native American women fighting whites uh, as warriors, for sure. Because oh, yeah. they were, uh, uh, there's Buffalo something, something, some woman. I wish I remembered her name off the top of my head, but I don't. Yeah. But she's got well, an incredible story uh, of fighting in the armies of the uh, Plains Indians, you know, various yeah, and we tribes. And we talked about the uh, female uh, snipers and things, too, and war heroes. Um on oh, yes. a previous on a previous oh, yes. episode, so I, I'm just trying to say I had I had less of a problem of having a strong 
or you know, wanting the filmmakers wanting to have a strong female lead, set in seventeen nineteen. Like I didn't really have a problem with that. No, other than no, they that's, didn't that's they didn't really fun. do a whole lot of justice with her character development throughout the thing because she kind of like stubbornly and like bullheadedly rushed into everything and failed a lot of the times, and then just through like sheer stubbornness, kind of won at the end. You know, and didn't really like go on a character arc journey that you kind of want your protagonist to go on. But if you learn nothing, you can do nothing. Yeah. And, and, she and again, like nothing. Yeah. And again, like it's 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 fine. It's not it's not super super intellectual cinema. We're watching, you know, a predator movie. Um but Again, you know, with like the CGI animals or the animal behavior, even if the CGI was bad, but the animals acted like real animals, I think the CGI might have been able to be forgiven because right. at least they were making them act like real animals. But those are those are like the fine dividing points between a decent movie and a great movie. And, you know, the first Predator movie is... is just it's phenomenal like it's great like all the characters uh they go into the whole thing and they get their whole worlds turned upside down and you know they have to rally and fight and uh in this one it was just kind of like she was never in any real danger that i felt like i didn't feel like she was in any real danger the french people yeah they were in danger all the time because they were you know barbaric um morons but she was in more danger from the french people than from the predator yeah, for sure. So, but and the predator you know, used all of his modern technology and barely succeeded, barely died. It's yes, yeah. crazy. Yeah, and uh, you know, and that's really not. And so that was kind of our like Luke and my biggest complaint was it really didn't feel like she was fighting a legit predator. You know, because like a legit predator wouldn't have been using all the modern stuff. But they're still seven feet tall and ripped, right? So it's still going to be a – it's still a battle, even if they don't have laser cannons. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not an easy thing to take down a seven-foot-tall alien that's been bred to hunt. Like, that's their whole thing. A medieval knight could have taken out uh, a hunting party of Comanche alone oh. because of the armor. Yes. Right? You know, because of the armor. So to believe that a future alien species could not take out a band of Comanche, even though there were, let's say, I mean, at any one time, he was only battling five or six Comanche at a time. Yeah. Well, and the problem uh, was that he never took off any of his tech, which never. he he would have if he were a true to the lore uh, predator. Like he would have even the playing field, right? He would have, he would have, he would have come at them at a similar technology level. He never would have used his laser guided arrows or whatever the fuck he had. Um, Yeah. Whatever projectile weapons. Yes. Um, It would have been much more even match and you would have seen him take that shit off. He would have been like, you know, I mean, he, you wouldn't have seen his like facial expressions, but he would have like, You'd have had a shot of him like looking at the the band of Comanches, and then he'd like take off his like shoulder mount. He'd take off some of his stuff and set them like under a under a log, and then you'd go, "Oh, okay, he's gonna like, you know, meet them where they're at, technology wise," and then it would have been a fight. And then all the stuff that he did later and struggled with would have made sense, right? Right. He was saving the skulls of these animals that he killed. Yeah, like what the fuck? Like a snake. You fucking killed a snake, and you're gonna say, "Yeah, good oh, job, yeah, good job, great." And, uh, Super six, advanced alien uh, yeah. killed a, a, a fucking six, snake. You know what? A six year old Native American can can kill a snake, uh, but right. they don't keep the skull because it's a fucking snake. Like uh, poachers go out and catch rattlesnakes. Yeah. All right. Now you know it's actually a problem. I mean, well, yeah, but I mean, like, it's not that hard. Kill a fucking snake. It's not impossible by any means, especially if you have like heat sensing shit and you can see it before it sees you. Well, yeah. (laughs) And if you're a fucking seven foot tall, like alien, and we don't even know if the snakes here are venomous to you. Like, nobody knows. Right. Really hard to kill a a wolf that is attacking you and not running away. 
which is not yeah. what wolves do. No. I mean, right? And, wolf, and wolves are pack hunters, <laughs> so there should have been yeah, like a, a whole wolf. fucking pack of wolves. Right. A solo wolf is not going to attack a predator. A solo wolf is probably not going to attack... Much of anything. One person, let alone a band of people. When they don't even attack, <laughs> they don't even attack healthy animals. They go for the sick and the weak. You know, right? Like, right. So, so you know, if you're all like super hopped up on the predator lore, um, you might not enjoy the film. If you have watched any of the, the other recent predator films, uh, you'll probably think this is a, a nice breath of fresh air. Um, it, it's beautifully shot, you know. You can't can't deny that, but that doesn't carry a film. Uh, it only adds. So, right. I wouldn't say it's the best Predator film ever made. I wouldn't say it, it comes close to the the first two even, but uh, it's better than any of the other ones. I'm officially done with the Macanudo. Yep, uh, I'm just about there. Uh, but I'd say if you're thinking about watching Prey. And if you, if anything we've said here has kind of made you think, like, man, maybe I shouldn't, uh, you should probably just go watch Sharks of the Corn or Lamageddon. Yes. And uh, just know you're going into something completely goofy and get yourself in the right mindset to watch something goofy instead of something serious. I would wholeheartedly agree with that. But uh, this uh, Macanudo was very enjoyable it was very good it was good throughout it pretty much from the first puff to the last did not change at all but that's not a bad thing because it was nope. good that is fine yeah. it's a good cigar and um that wouldn't be a bad one to just have have a bunch of you know and you want something quick want something that's solid consistent that would be your cigar absolutely all right. Well, thanks for listening. Have yourselves a good week.